spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Coming up on Upstate Issues. They just automatically assume that most of the fire and emergency response is done through career fire departments, but the exact opposite is the reality. You can take what they call BEFO, B-E-F-O, which is Basic Exterior Firefighting Operations, and you don't have to go any further than that. So if you take the BFO class, you become an exterior firefighter. In New York, there are almost 1,800 volunteer fire departments around the state. That's next on Upstate Issues. Hello and welcome again to Upstate Issues. I'm Diane Donato and it's time to check in again with John DeLisandro. He's the Association Secretary of the Firemen's Association of the State of New York. Time to get an update on the good work that they do and learn about how more people can get involved. John, thank you for joining us again today. My pleasure, Diane. Let's start with something that you sent me sometime in the last year. It said that uh, more than 80% of the fire and emergency response in the nation is done by volunteers. And you say that percentage is even higher here in the state of New York. That's correct. Uh, Contrary to sort of popular culture, you know, people watch uh, shows like Chicago Fire and movies like Backdraft, uh, they just automatically assume that most of the fire and emergency response is done through career fire departments, but the exact opposite is is the reality. Um, You know, in New York, there are almost 1,800 volunteer fire departments around the state. And do you find that that matters as far as geography, that it's more likely to be volunteers in some areas, and is it more likely to be professional volunteers, say, in cities? Yeah, that's that's really the way the demographics break down. Most of the career departments are located in the urban areas, and in the rural and suburban areas, you have volunteer departments. And to a very small degree, uh, in some areas, you might have what we call combination departments, where the bulk of the uh, manpower is volunteer, but they hire career staff to cover during certain hours. Um, You usually find that in the suburban areas because people leave their homes to travel to an adjacent city to work. So it's hard during the, say, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. period for those individuals to respond. So some departments will hire paid staff to cover those hours. I'm wondering if that kind of a hybrid situation is becoming more popular because uh, the next thing I was going to ask you about was it is getting harder for communities to find people to volunteer, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, we're still seeing a, an ongoing and significant decline in the number of people that become uh, volunteer firefighters and volunteer EMS personnel. And uh, one of the uh, solutions, if I can use that word to that problem, is to hire career staff. But that comes, you know, with a cost. Um, you know, the, the taxpayers have to bear the burden 
of not only paying the salaries and benefits, but you actually have to provide different kind of fire stations because you have people working 24-hour shifts. So you've got to have cooking facilities and bunk facilities. So, you know, it's a whole other realm of cost to a community when you start hiring firefighters. What are you able to do to attract new faces then? Well, you know, that's been a challenge that the uh, the Firemen's Association has been uh, trying to attack for a number of years now. Uh, you know, society gets more and more complicated as, you know, economic stresses on families increases. Uh, you, we find that people say they just don't have the time to dedicate to becoming a, a firefighter. And, and frankly, on the retention side, a lot of people leave the volunteer fire service because of these demands um, of, of time, family pressures. Um, so what we're trying to do really is uh, is sort of uh, come up with a, a hybrid model, so to speak, whereas many years ago, a volunteer fire department was at the core of the social setting of your community. You know, your uncles, your grandfather, were, were volunteer firefighters, um, so you just naturally went into the volunteer fire service. We realize that that doesn't happen as much today, um, so we've got to adapt in that we will take people's skill sets when when they have the time to give it to us. So you know, one of the uh, one of the approaches we use these days is there's a job for everyone in a volunteer fire department. I was wondering about that because I'm sure a lot of people are intimidated by the thought of it. They frankly, probably say to themselves, I'm not worthy to do this. I don't know how to do this. But you say there's something everybody can do. Well, the, the Firemen's Association actually did a focus group a number of years back to try to sort of validate the, the reasons that we thought people were not becoming volunteers. And the, the number one reason was, as I mentioned, the lack of time. But the second reason was that um, uh, I, I, even if I wanted to do it, I don't know how to do it. Um, so, you know, not only do we have to sort of convey the message that we'll put your skill set to good use for however little or much time you have to give, and then the other thing is that we will train you. Um, you know, a, a career in the volunteer fire service can be very limited or it can be quite expansive. I mean, if you really want to jump into this, in addition to being, say, an interior firefighter, a person on the end of a hose line, you know, going into a building to extinguish a fire, you can take it in so many different directions, like, you know, high-angle rescue, low-angle rescue, hazardous material, vehicle extrication. So if you're if you have an interest in those kind of areas, there are hundreds of classes, both at the county level and the state level, that are available for people to, to get trained. Tell us more about the type of training then and, and how what's involved with that. Well, again, it, it links back to the, the issue of people not having enough time because, you know, it, it is a commitment where you have to give a certain significant portion uh, of your abilities and your time. Um, so, but initially, um, if you want to become, you know, sort of a full-fledged firefighter, an interior structural firefighter, you'll spend about six months initially going through the Firefighter One class. Um, they've actually, to uh, make it easier for people, the Firefighter One class used to be one continuous class of six or seven months, uh, like two nights a week, and then you go on the weekends to do the hands-on evolutions. But to try to accommodate people and the time pressures, they've actually the state of New York has actually split that class up into two parts. So you can take what they call uh, BFO, B-E-F-O, which is Basic Exterior Firefighting Operations, and you don't have to go any further than that. So if you take the BFO class, you become an exterior firefighter, which means you can do certain things on the outside of a building. If you want to continue on, 
the class continues and you can just stay in it and become an interior firefighter. So that that's really sort of the, the meat and potatoes of being a, a firefighter is to be an interior structural firefighter. That's what departments have the hardest time trying to attract. But that, that initial six or seven month training period. And then you have to remember too that once you go through all that and, and you're ready to rock and roll, you are given a significant amount of your time to respond to calls. Again, unlike career departments where you work a shift and then you go home, volunteers are pretty much always on duty. It sounds like a really smart way to do the training. I, I've always loved the story that you told me years ago about how you became a volunteer firefighter. Yeah, um, I kind of did it in reverse. Um, uh, usually what happens is, you know, in, in many families, your, your, your grandfather, your father, your uncles are all members of the volunteer fire department. So you got dragged kicking and screaming to the firehouse. And, and then eventually, you know, it just became part of, of, of you. Um, but in my case, it was the exact opposite. My youngest son um, must have had a genetic mutation because we really didn't know any uh, firefighters. Uh, but since the day he was born, that's all he ever wanted to be. And um, when he was 14 years old, he joined the Explorer Post up at the Jonesville Fire District. Now, the Explorers are part of the Boy Scouts, and it's sort of like an introduction for young people into the, the fire service. So uh, during the course of driving him back and forth one night, I happened to say to him that when he turned 16 and he was eligible to take the New York State training, the Firefighter One class, that if I could get into any kind of shape, um, I would do it with them. Well, as most parents realize, don't make promises to your kids that you can't keep <laughs> because they're always going to hold your feet to the fire, no pun intended. Um, and he did. On his 16th birthday, he came to me and he said, Dad, look, I, I'm not looking for a gift or anything. I just want you to do what you said you were going to do. And a week later, we trekked up to the local firehouse and we put the applications in and and we both went through Firefighter 1, Firefighter 2, and a lot of other classes together. Now, the update to that story is that my daughter got tired of seeing her father and younger brother um, running out of the house all hours of the day on holidays and everything. So she became a volunteer firefighter and ultimately became a career paramedic. She works over, at, uh, over in Gilderland as a paramedic. And more recently, my oldest son, who resisted us trying to drag him into the fire service is going through firefighter one right now so it's really become a family affair i just love that story i love that it also illustrates that you can do this at various different ages oh absolutely i was 52 years old when i took my first step into the firefighter one class so um you know it 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 took a lot of tylenol cocktails uh you know coming back from those hands-on evolutions but but you can join the fire service at any age. And, and I think one of the things, all kidding aside, that people have to realize is um, you don't have to be the person on the end of that hose line. Uh, volunteer fire departments are small, medium, and large businesses. So if you're an accountant or you're a maintenance person and you don't want to have anything to do with emergency response, we still would love you to have you come and be part of us because we can put those skill sets to very good use. I'm sure that in a community, there's just such a huge need. Tell us a little bit about the the benefits of volunteering. Well, you know, uh, first and foremost is just the personal reward, the, the feeling that you get knowing that on some of the worst days that your friends, your families, and your neighbors may be experiencing, 
that you have the ability and the skills to go and, and, and help them through that terrible situation. So that, by far, is the most rewarding part of this. But in addition, you know, some of the things that we're, we've tried to do to attract people to the volunteer service is provide uh, college tuition reimbursement. Um, you know, uh, there are certain small tax benefits that are available. But, you know, in New York, it's, it's a little challenging because to be a volunteer in New York, you cannot receive any monetary compensation. So that kind of limits our ability to, you know, provide that kind of thing to attract people. Um, really, when we, when we go out and, and we try to, you know, attract you to, to become a volunteer firefighter, it's, it's more about serving your community. And, and, and I can tell you from my own personal experience and what I've seen in a lot of other people, once you dip your toe into the water, it's not going to take very long for your whole body to be in there. You just, it, it, it kind of uh, takes you over. And you just you want to do more and more. You want to train more. Take you know varied classes. So it's um, it's something that's very addictive and and personally rewarding. Everyone I know who's ever done it. That's what I think it really comes down to is is they do feel a great reward of being part of that. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and you know not not to take anything uh, away from my career brother and sisters, um, but you know it to to be a volunteer is kind of doing it in in the purest sense. And and frankly, a lot of career firefighters. Uh, started as volunteers. Uh, jumping back to the story you asked me to tell a, a minute or two ago, my younger son is now a career firefighter in South Carolina. So he started as a volunteer. He he uh, loves it so much that he turned it into a career. And at the same time, he still volunteers at a different department down where he lives. So it's it's one of those things, as I say, that kind of, uh, you know, it goes 360 around you. Well, either way, volunteer or professional, the bottom line is people are safety. People are safer because of what you're doing. Uh, that's true. Uh, that's true. Um, you know, many people out in the community don't realize all the varied things that their their local fire department does. You know, uh, you know, the big splashy things obviously are fighting fires, but you know, everything from motor vehicle accidents, and even on a day like today with the terrible weather we're having. Um, you know, we'll get service calls. We'll, we'll get calls to come and help somebody pump out their basement or, you know, uh, clean out a flooded garage. So, so it's, uh, you know, the, the calls are varied and, and always challenging. John D'Alessandro, the Firemen's Association of the State of New York, thank you for all you do, and thank you for giving us some of your time today. My pleasure. Be safe. Upstate Issues is a production of iHeartMedia Albany. This program is available as a podcast at WGY.com.